The views and opinions expressed in the following episodes are those of the individuals and are not meant to insult or offend anyone. Jeez, dark and gloomy much? Are you trying to be an edgelord? Well, then how should I put it then? I don't know. How about... We come in peace. We mean no harm. We may spoil some things. We may swear a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Little Nerdy. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm her goober-in-chief, Owen. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. I just want to immediately start this episode off with a bit of an apology to Michelle. because, <laughs> uh, And especially to some of our fans that have told us about uh, a previous episode we had where uh, I was mentioning how come it seems like I'm your scapegoat when your research you know, takes longer than expected. I was completely joking about that. I know that there are times where my research has been muddled up and I've had to ask her to come up with an episode and vice versa. It was a co-working thing like this. I just spontaneously threw that joke at her. And for that, I am very sorry. I was just trying to be quick, witty, Mm -hmm. and funny. And it came off as a jerk. It's okay. Um... I now know at the time I, I didn't, which is why I also heard that some feedback I got was that maybe I was like a little bit defensive about it, but it's because I didn't realize you were joking. <laughs> and so I was like, oh God, no, he's upset. Why is he calling me out on air? Right. But afterwards you explained it to me. So we just want to let people know it was just a misunderstanding. Next time Owen wants to pull a joke, he's just going to let me know ahead of time. Yeah. And I will be completely honest right here, right now. Uh, we're recording. I am trying to be an entertainer. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be funny. But sometimes my jokes land on their face. Mm-hmm. And that is on me, not on you. <laughs> just remember, I'm just an idiot behind a mic. <laughs> That's You're it. not an idiot. Well, clearly I didn't think well enough on that joke to th- uh, include you in on the idea that I was like, how come I'm your scapegoat kind of thing, like... It's okay. Uh, yeah, well, I just want to make sure that people know that we've talked it over and everything, and she knows that I do not view it as, oh, I'm, I'm just your get-out-of-jail-free card type thing or whatever to create content. <laughs> it's, it, no, no, I don't mind that. Like, I knew what I was kind of signing up for when I agreed to this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and then there's one other thing that we have to clear up. So on the Fun Fact Friday... Uh, Halloween one, when I was telling the story about Stingy Jack. Yes. There was a joke you wanted to tell. It was more of a stereotypical joke, not a racist joke or anything. Yeah, it wasn't a racist joke. We're not racist people. It was a, like, in poor taste, stereotypical, the Irish can't hold their liquor Yeah, the, the, I mean... Since we, you know, you told me that it isn't really a racist joke and everything, is mm-hmm. that, and this is also the British hair, like, you know, I was raised British, uh, with British family and everything. So the Irish joke is an Irishman walks out of a bar. Get, get it? Yeah. Yeah, because they, <laughs> they 
they never walk out of a bar. They drink till they're just pickled. That's the joke, anyway. Anyways, so, so to somebody who who kind of you know has that heritage and everything, like I do, to me that's funny. Yeah. But to some people, it's like I don't get it, or maybe that's not very funny. And I apologize. I was just thinking in my mind is like, oh my god, they go to a bar. Of course they do. They're and everything. Well, and you're. I think the joke that you were gonna make, if I remember correctly, was because you were making a point that how did nobody know that the devil was with Stingy Jack, right? Yeah, because maybe he used a disguise or something. But yeah, I just thought it'd be funny. Right. I just thought it'd be funny that it's the whole hey. If if they walked into a Brit, I think the joke you were gonna make, if I remember correctly, was if they walked into a British bar, everybody would have been able to tell it was the devil because the British can hold their liquor. Yeah. The ding ding. Right. Yeah. And we just decided not to do the joke, but unfortunately, we didn't. We should have just done the joke because I got a couple people being like, um. What was the racist joke Owen was going to tell? And I was like, oh, no, there was no racist joke. <laughs> I thought it might have, it would have seemed racist or it would have seemed in poor taste or something. In and poor taste, I would say. Yeah, that was what I was kind of, I wasn't sure what category it falls into mm-hmm. because, eh. So that's why I was like, I probably, like, you know, it's that whole saying of if you don't think you should do something, you probably shouldn't. And yes. if you think you should stop and help somebody, you probably should because... You know, it's just that whole, if you ever have to debate something, usually the answer is pretty obvious. Yeah. And of course, that was why I was like, I was debating. I was like, do I tell it? If I have to debate it, probably not. Because it yeah. might be in bad taste. And then that's why we didn't tell it. So anyway, we just wanted to clear up those few things and kind of apologize. We didn't mean for anything to come across as crass or anything like that. So. No, it was just, you know, the whole country, uh, different countrymen having a bitter rivalry, you know, kind of uh, stereotypes about each other. Question for you. Yes. Quick question for you, though, with your British, British, Britishness. Go on. <laughs> How many times have you actually been over to that country in your life? Okay, fair enough. Absolutely fair <laughs> enough. However, I do want to point out one very important little detail. Just insy, insy, teeny, teeny, little significant detail. Okay. Who's on the loony? Truth. We are part of the Commonwealth. Truth. Okay, fair enough. So, you know, it goes to show Great Britain <laughs> had a lot of great influence over the world and everything. And That's why they're great, I always some like to, would say. And I like to make the joke about uh, the, the difference between Canadians and Americans is like the Americans had a full-on revolutionary war to get rid of the monarchy ruling over them. Canadians, we just asked politely and we're like, yeah, can we be our own country now? And the England was like, yes, Canada, go ahead, be your own country. But remember. <laughs> no, we fought hard for it, uh, especially during World War One, where the world began to see us as, oh, we're not just some off uh, across the ocean colony and everything. It's its own self-sustaining country. Mm-hmm. They can make their own decisions and do their own things. Mm-hmm. So anyway, now that that's cleared up, we can get on with our episode. Absolutely. So our episode today is about Susan Smith. And now, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think. That's uh, Will Smith's... Is that his co- no. sister or cousin? No. No relation. Aunt. No relation. Oh. Well, I'm sorry. You know, there's there's so many Smiths in the world. It's like, just like, you know, saying, you know, somebody Johnson or... Um, yeah. Uh, Davis is the last name. You know, you just, just Peterson. There's all kinds of those in the world. Yeah. Anyways. So, real quick, give a shout out to our friend Black White Check for doing the intro and outro music. Their yeah. info will be in the show notes. Absolutely. All right. So... 
since you don't know who Susan Smith is, I'll tell you, and then we'll get into it. I actually did a full-on uh, presentation, <laughs> oral presentation in school about this woman. Um, she murdered her two children. Oh, she sounds like a delight to be around. She's something, all right. Oh, right, right, right. You said we we're going to do a true crime. Okay, sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a week off on the calendar here. Just got to... Yeah. Just... Okay, there we go. Now I got my notes all corrected. Okay, I had some questions set up and everything, but clearly, you know, okay, I got to change everything. Yeah. I was going to say, when did you first uh, hear about this? Or, you know, what, oh, who was your favorite character? And I was like, well, if we're doing true crime, I don't think there's really a favorite character. No. Except for maybe the detectives that put him behind bars. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, if that isn't your favorite character, well, uh, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. TM. So, um... <laughs> yes, I'm, t I'm trademarking Moving On. Ah, nice. I don't think you can do that, though. Um, I think that's just not a thing you can do. Um, but I just want to give a trigger warning. There is talk of suicide. Uh, a bit in this episode too. So, um, and some alleged sexual assault. So if that's not something that you guys want to hear about, by all means, we understand. Okay. Just as like a, a I was just wanting to delve a little bit into that alleged part word that you used. Mm -hmm. So you're going to go into a little detail about that, right? Not really. There's no, not really much. Why, the, why it's alleged. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, and I wanted to understand like why it's alleged because this. I mean, I don't know how long ago was this. Was this Su Susan Smith? You said. Mm -hmm. Was this crime solved like five years ago, fifty years ago? I don't know. What, what's the what's the ballpark? Anyways, we're gonna figure that all out. I'm just curious. Yeah. Okay. Moving on, TM. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna you drive. Her, I'm gonna drive her nuts with the TM thing. You're a goober. Um, all right. Goober in chief. So Susan Smith was originally born Susan Vaughn on September 26, 1971. Okay. She, um, her, her dad completed suicide when she was six. Yeah. So. That's a little traumatizing. It's, that's tough, right? And the thing is, and I've heard this said on other podcasts and I completely agree with it. You can feel bad for what happens to people when they're children. Oh, of course. But I have no sympathy for this woman as an adult. No. She's a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, and when I'm <laughs> saying, oh, that's a little traumatizing, like, that was all, I, I meant that with complete sarcasm. I can't imagine any six-year-old being able to lose either parent figure mm -hmm. and be okay with that and not getting traumatized or something, unless they are, uh, what would be the... Correct. I don't even know. Anyways, yeah. there, there would be something wrong up in the brain cage. Yeah. So, um, at the age of 13, she attempted to complete suicide. But she didn't. Um, and at some point, her mom remarried. And where I said that there was alleged sexual assault. assault. Okay. Is she alleges that her stepfather sexually assaulted her and that that went right up until about six months before she killed her children. Oh, okay. But he was never found guilty of it that I could find. 
And it's really just what she says. So I'm not saying that it didn't happen. I wasn't there. I don't know. But it's alleged because he was never found guilty of it. Yeah. Right. So, I mean. And I'm not going to use his name. I'm not going to use her name. Uh, Like her mom's name, I mean. Because, you know. (laughs) I can imagine they want to distance themselves after a few things that went wrong. Potentially. And it's just. I know at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you guys um, a couple podcasts that I know have delved. Deep into the background. Yeah, deeper than we're doing anyway and stuff and deeper into some of the details. So um, you're more than welcome like to listen to it. I, I know I'll give that at the end of the episode. But anyway, um, yeah. So her second attempt to complete suicide was at 18. And it's a- alleged. So again, like it's not confirmed that it was because she was seeing a man who was married and he ended the relationship. Hmm. Um, so yeah, around that time too, she married David Smith. Okay. So is that where her last name comes from? Yes. Okay. And, uh, I mean, clearly that's where (laughs) she got it from because it wasn't uh, Susan Vaughn. Susan Vaughn. Okay, for some reason I was expecting, after you said Vaughn the first time, I was like, Vaughn Pierre Schmidt or something like that. I'm expecting some, like, uh, Austrian noble-sounding last name after Vaughn. Yeah. But if it was just, if that, if, was it Vaughn or Vaughn? V-O-N? No, V-A-U-G-H-A-N. Oh, way more complex than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I guess the way I was I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, Vaughn or Vaughan. One of the two. Yes. Uh, but anyways, uh, what I was thinking when I heard that was, it was like, oh, is there some illustrious sounding, you know, monarchy last name or something? Nah. I was like, no, 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 that, 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 that is her last name. That just seems anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. She, she definitely got an upgrade when she uh, got the last name Smith, <laughs> I think, because it's just like, it's like watching a really good movie and then... The, the DVD breaks, and there's no way to ever see the rest of the movie ever again for the rest of your life. And you're like, I was at the good part! Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, sorry, I derailed that a little. That's okay. Moving on, TM. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you and your TM. So, um, they had a pretty rocky relationship. David and Susan. And they actually separated quite a few times throughout their relationship. Yeah. Um, due to, like... Both of them saying the other one had cheated and whatnot and stuff like that. But in the process of the marriage, they did have two children. Oh, of course, because kids fix everything, right? Well. I'm only saying that because I, I just don't, never, I can never understand the thinking or logic. I mean, I'm not criticizing anyone who has kids. Uh, clearly, there are couples that are together that have great relationships and they raise great, wonderful kids. I'm just saying is that when a lot of people are like, ah, oh, things are so horrible and everything. Uh, let's have a kid and fix the relationship or whatever. Like, you're putting a lot of pressure on something that really had no choice in any of the matter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. sorry. Moving no. on. TM. <laughs> you're good. So. What, and I bet, I'm wondering if in this episode I can get her to punch me or elbow me or something <laughs> for all the time I say TM. And she's just like, stop it. <laughs> I, 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 just, I just don't think you understand how trademarking works, friend. <laughs> You cannot trademark a phrase. I'm pretty sure you cannot. Well, let me get back to you on that one. <laughs> Moving on, TM. <laughs> so anyway, um, they had two children, Michael 
Yeah. Um, and Alexander. So, David and Susan were separated in October of 1994. And Susan had been dating this guy named Tom Finley. Okay. Tom broke up with her. That happens. It happens. He didn't want kids. He didn't want to be with her anymore. So, wrote her a letter. Yeah. Bye, Susan. And they were done. Well, October 25th in 1994, Susan calls the police. She reports that she was carjacked. Oh. At this intersection. She, she had the kids out. They were out and about, whatever, and stuff. And they stopped at this intersection. And a black man... Oh, boy. I see where this is already going. Yeah. Had carjacked her, but took the car with the kids in it. So, help. So, everybody's like, oh, shit. And this became international news. Right? But here's the weird thing. Tips are coming in, but her description of the guy that carjacked her was a very... Generic? Very generic description. Mm-hmm. Right? Not only that, they're not getting reports of a black man with two white children. Which, especially back then, things were way less... I would say integrated or... um, Progressive uh, or, you know, whatever. Like back in 94, right? I feel like, I believe they they lived in South Carolina. It's probably going to be noticeable that there's a black man with two white children. Right. I'm sure that would stick out like a bit of a sore thumb in that day and age in that Where people would like notice that more. Yes, absolutely. And stuff. And they're not finding that. So right away the police are like, huh, this story is weird. Right. Mm -hmm. But they go on the news. They, They were on doing news conferences, doing all this stuff, begging for them, for this guy to return their children. You know, she's saying how much she misses them, how much she loves them. Right? Yeah. I don't have to bury the lead. I already said at the beginning that she killed them. So I don't have to tell this and then, like, it's a big shock. It's not a big shock. Um, But what's interesting is that, the like I said, the police weren't really buying her story. But by day two, they were really not buying her story. Hmm. You know what gave it away? The intersection that she said she was carjacked at. Did they have cameras? No. Not in 94. Well, you never know. (laughs) But what it did have... Okay, I'm going to try and explain this the best I can. Okay. That's not confusing. So, you know... It was an intersection that the direction she was going, the light would stay green. Yes. And the only way the light would turn red for her is if there was, like, another car that wanted to go... Yeah, yeah. Across... Yeah, cross the intersection. Yeah, they wanted to cross the intersection. There's a pressure sensor for um, the, cr- that car. Because it's more common and more efficient to have vehicles that are traveling in the main direction the road goes to not stop. Uh, like some roads we have here yeah. in Red Deer. Do that. And yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's in many, many places. Yeah. So. so she told them that she was stopped at a red light with no cars around at this intersection. 
Well, that doesn't make any sense. Sure doesn't make any sense when her, literally her light stays green. Unless, unless there's a car around yeah. to make it turn red. So the cops were like, well, this lady's full of shit. So <laughs> they gave David and Susan polygraph tests. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find... The results? The results. I, I briefly just double-checked again. I know this story pretty well because, like I said, I did the oral presentation on it. And I remember this happening. Like, I remember watching her fake-ass pleas on TV. The crocodile tears? Yeah. And stuff when this was happening. So, I know it pretty well. I did double-check some facts. I went to a couple people um, articles. And I went to Wikipedia. Right. Yeah. And stuff. So I couldn't find what their results were on the polygraph. I don't think that really matters. A polygraph isn't admissible in court, so... It's more of an indicator, I think, at best. It's an investigative tool. It's not anything other than that, really. Yeah. So, but one of the things that they also started doing was they started searching bodies of water around the area, including the John D. Long Lake. Right. But they weren't finding anything. And they kept bringing Susan in and questioning her and questioning her and questioning her. Finally, nine days later, on November 3rd, she finally confessed to killing her children. Really? Mm-hmm. How come she went from, you know... Creating this story that, you know, already has holes in it that, one, the intersection doesn't work that way. Two, the generic description of just a black man Mm -hmm. hijacking the car and with the kids inside. Which, can I just add? Go on, uh, sorry, uh, just quickly, uh, the whole going on to news, uh, you know, going to news stations or whatever Mm -hmm. and pleading for the safe return of your children. So then however many days later saying, no, I killed them. The pressure they were putting on her. Oh, okay. They were just questioning her, like, hard every day. Telling her that they knew she did it. Telling her, you know. Okay. They knew her story wasn't right and stuff, and eventually she just... Fold like a cheap suit? Pretty much. I just wanted to add really quick, though. Yeah. Sorry, I was... I didn't mean to try and interrupt you there. Um, How big of a complete piece of shit... She is not only for killing her children, but then for being like a black man carjacked me. Like, you're a disgusting human. That's what you are. Yeah, tell me how you really feel, though. <laughs> I mean, I could, but I thought I'd sugarcoat it a little. <laughs> anyway, just, just, just a sprinkle, just a little. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so she confessed to killing her children. Now, what she said happened. In her new version. Was that she was just. She just. She couldn't. She couldn't go on. So she was going to kill herself. Yeah. Right. She was going to complete suicide. But. She didn't want to leave her children alone. Without her. So she was going to also bring them with her. So that they could be together. Right. Okay. So she was sitting in that car and she had it in neutral with the 
E-brake on. E-brake on. She let the e-brake go, and the car started rolling, and her body just forced itself out of the vehicle. Oh, of course. By some miraculous intervention. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't buy that story. Okay. Maybe she did feel that she needed to complete suicide in that moment. I'm not saying... I don't know. She had tried it before. So I'm not going to sit there and say she didn't need help for feeling that way. Right. Where I find her story to be absolute bullshit Mm -hmm. is I feel like... And I saw... I remember seeing something about this. I don't remember the show. This was years ago. Okay. Where basically, because when they, nobody could understand why they had been searching the John D. Long Lake and they hadn't found the car with the kids in it. They were searching 30 feet from the shore and they couldn't find the car. Right. And they were like, that really doesn't make sense. Because from what she said, like, that's what they were searching because that's how far they figured it would go out based on it rolling down the boat ramp, right? Um, do you know where the car was actually found? How far from the shore it was actually found? I'm going to say about 80 feet. 122 feet. Well, I was a you were, pretty close. I was, I was a, a two-thirds of the way. Yeah. So, to me, what... If I remember correctly from this um, demonstration that they did, if she had had it in neutral and just pulled the handbrake, it would have slowly rolled into the water, kind of floated out about 30-ish feet. Yeah, then dropped. And then it would have sank, right? Mm-hmm. As it filled with water. For it to get 122 feet out. She had to be accelerating towards it. Yeah, it's almost like she had the e-brake up. She took a stick or something and wedged it in there under the gas and then released the e-brake and it went flying in there. Again, this is what I remember, but I could be wrong on the science. Mm -hmm. But whatever it is, it doesn't seem like it was just the handbrake was released and it was in neutral. That's why I was thinking, like, maybe it's a steep drop in that lake. Maybe gave it an extra, I don't know, 20, 30 feet beyond the 30 feet they were originally thinking. But then mm-hmm. it was like, if she was accelerating forward, like, intending to complete suicide, she would be, no, it wouldn't be just release the e-brake and roll, like, lazily yeah. into the water. It was like, you know, plowing into the water and going to make sure the sucker goes far and deep. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And that's where it was like, probably a bit further. So I was thinking 80, but 120 feet. Yeah, you know, that's definitely something where it's like, even though water is very uh, dense compared mm-hmm. to air, the, like as long as the car has some kind of momentum still pushing it, you, you know, the lakes, obviously the deepest point is going to be kind of close to the center mm-hmm. and everything. So it would probably, even when it's coming down, it's going to like somewhat get close further away. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, there's all kinds of reasons why it was that far out. Yeah. The point is, is that that is not just release the e-brake and roll into the sweet release of, you know, the mm-hmm. lake embracing her. Yeah. Is and the I, nicest way I can put that, sorry. No, you're good. And I don't buy the story because literally Tom had broken up with her because he didn't want kids. And then she kills her kids. 
Right. And that's the argument the prosecution went with for why she killed her kids. Yeah. Right. Is because she wanted to be with Tom. So if she got rid of her kids, then her and Tom could be together. Right. Makes perfect sense. The defense stuck with what she said about wanting to uh, complete suicide and whatnot. That was their defense, right? And they had some experts in to talk about maybe some issues psychologically and stuff that she was having, right? Yeah. It took the jury two and a half hours to find her guilty. Wow, it took them that long? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, no offense to any juries or anything, but there are some cases where it's the whole, yeah, there's some things where it's like, I'm sorry, no matter what someone says, like, mm -hmm. okay, mental issues or not with her uh, and everything, like, you know, trying to say that she was under a lot of mental duress or, you know, all these issues. I think she had per some personality disorders and stuff. Personality disorders and everything. There's just too much, like, I mean, come on, we're already only about half an hour into this podcast, mm -hmm. and, you know, minus the seven or eight minutes of, you know, joking around that we were talking about and fixing up a few issues we had with a couple of previous episodes. Yeah. So 20 minutes in, and I'm already like, she's guilty. Yeah. I'm like, even if you didn't tell, like, even if you, like, with what you first told me, it was like, okay, but then the intersection had that issue. Okay, so she initially lied. She intended to lie. Mm -hmm. Then you move on to, oh... Um, what was the other thing uh, that was wrong with the story? Oh, the fact that the person that she said that carjacked her was the most generic uh, description of yeah. that she could think of. Yeah. Um, and then when they find the vehicle, like again, thirty. If someone said thirty to forty feet out, kind of thing. I'd be like, uh, yeah, you know, maybe, possibly, kinda. I, I, you know, vehicles weigh a lot and everything, and depending on the slope of there, a hundred and twenty feet out. No, no, no. That cars don't go that deep into the water unless you make them go that deep into the water. Mm -hmm. That far, you mean? Or yeah, that far. But I, the 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 point is that I'm trying to make is that I could not look at any of this evidence and think this was anything but intentional. If not attempting to complete suicide, mm -hmm. is that the right way to say it? Uh, with our not uh, if it wasn't attempted to complete it, it was definitely child murder. Yeah. And so, obviously, <clears throat> the coroner found that the boys, Michael three, mm -hmm. Alexander fourteen months had drowned. Um, not a hundred percent confirmed, but I do remember from my research at one point I believe I read that they were actually found in the car holding hands. No, that is absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. So, um, due to the heartbreak, and this is, this is heartbreaking. Like, those little boys had so much life ahead of them. She didn't want her kids. David would have taken them. Right. He may not have been the greatest husband. She may not have been the greatest wife. But from everything I had ever read, he was a good dad. So, like, take mm. your children to the, their father and be like, they're yours. Here you go. Bye. Yeah. It's, uh... That's like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand murdering your children so that you can 
be with somebody. Like, that's ridiculous. Okay. What I'm saying might sound insensitive to if I were talking about anybody else other than a child murderer. But to me, it sounds like she was one of those people that are completely narcissistic and she never really grew up from like her junior high years where she was like, ooh, boys and cute and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. She grew up physically but not mentally. Like I tell you, she's the opposite of you. You grew up mentally. You just physically haven't grown up yet because you're still so short. Ah, uh, you're funny. But yeah, you know, it's the, that's the case of like with her. It's like the whole how she's perceiving the world and how things aren't fun and mm-hmm. she's not getting the butterflies from the man that she's with at the moment or whatever. Yeah. To me, it's like she's just an overgrown piece of shit, childish woman at <laughs> best, and that's then. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Uh, had something to eat recently and just a little gassy. Yeah, I got to work on that. Uh, but she is a very childish person. And it's like not to say that all childish adults that do, you know, self-centered or dumb kind of things. Like I do dumb things and self-centered things all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just I know the consequences of my actions. And if the consequences of my actions ever lead someone to dying or at least could lead to somebody dying... I just don't make those decisions. Yeah. I stop them. I, I pump the brakes. I slam on the brakes, not pump the brakes. Yeah, well, it's because you're a good person, right? Yeah, that's, that jury's still out on that. Moving um, on, TM. <laughs> but, yeah, so the prosecutors, due to the heinousness of her act, right, they were going for the death penalty. Okay, wait, this is in what state again? South Carolina, I do believe. Did they, they still had the death penalty back in those days? or probably? Yeah, there are still some states that have it today. Yeah, I know, but I'm just wondering because I think it's like about half-ish. So it's kind of a 50-50 coin toss if some states do and some states don't. Yeah, and you know, whether you're against or for the death penalty, it is what it is, right? Uh, I used to be a staunch staunch like person who was against the death penalty right Mm -hmm. i still think in a practical sense it doesn't fully make sense because it is actually cheaper to house an inmate for the rest of their lives than it is to actually execute them but that being said there are now children in my family right my stepsister has children my brother has children and i can promise you that if something happened to them, I would wish that we had the death penalty here. Mm-hmm. So, that being said, it's kind of a gray area for me. Mm-hmm. No, fair enough. And just to add on to what you said, mm-hmm. um, before we met and everything, I was a pretty strong believer in the death penalty for a couple of reasons. Not, mm-hmm. you know, pro-murder or too much or anything. Um, more along the lines of, if somebody for very petty or almost no reasons decides they're going to take the life of somebody else, mm-hmm. I, you know, did that, why does that person not have a right to live, but you do? Yeah. That was a big question. It was like, it's not to say that that should be like a deterrent. It's it just, not a deterrent. No, no, no. And it was kind of one of those, oh, uh, you know, that's kind of a scary thing to think about that it's like, oh, but the people who would be getting the sentences for it, they didn't care that that was the possible sentencing. Yeah. 
or whatever. And then, of course, like you've enlightened me on a lot of things where I've never understood why it's not a little more common practice thing, especially with some people, um, was like that it takes a lot of time and money and resources mm -hmm. to go through the trial cases to make sure that it's like, okay, we know beyond the shadow of a doubt this person's guilty and they deserve the death penalty. Yeah, back in the day in the 1800s, like if you got death, you were put to death like the next day. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was none of this long tr five trial system or something like that. Well, it's Three not even... to five? No. How one many... trial. No, no, no I'm sometimes. saying nowadays. Yeah, sometimes you can get convicted of death on one trial. But then you get appeal after appeal after appeal. Years of appeal. Oh. That's, that's what holds it up so long. That's why, like, nowadays, somebody can get um, found guilty and capital punishment can be their ultimate punishment. And they can actually be sitting on death row so long that they just die of natural causes in prison before they're ever executed because there's so many appeals to run through. Oh, okay. Yeah, and stuff, which... Was that kind of also the case with Ted Bundy? No, he was executed. No, no, he was executed, but he went through a lot of bunch of appeals, didn't he? Or no? Yeah, he went through some of them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just, just making sure I'm clear on the facts and everything, because you've been telling me so much about all these true crimes and serial killers and mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that's happened with them, and I'm like, okay, wait, if I remember correctly, though, Ted Bundy did have a lot of court cases, uh, or at least had several. Appeals. Appeals. Yeah. Well, he went to court to try to, like... You know, be like, no, I didn't do it. I, I'm not guilty. Uh, and... Not always do people go to court when they have appeals. Okay. Sometimes they're just like, they go, it's looked at, they're like, nah. They don't even get to court because they're like, nah, your appeal sucks. Shut up. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> don't, actually, don't even come. Sorry. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. So anyway, <clears throat> the jury... Recommended not to give her the death penalty. So, she was sentenced to life with the possibility of parole after 30 years. Mm. Eh. <laughs> I feel like... I don't know. Because, like, life... The difference between here and there is, like, life is, like, life. <laughs> so she can... She has to serve 30 years of her sentence before she's eligible for parole. Yes. Right. It doesn't mean she's going to get parole. And honestly, from some of the shit I've heard she's been doing in jail, I don't know that she will. Or prison, sorry. Some of the stuff she's been doing in prison, I don't know that she'll actually get parole. Right. Because I know for a fact that there was a guy who, he was um, a correctional officer. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to sneeze there for a second. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. You just, sure? Yep, I'm good. Okay. Um. Anyway, he was charged, and there's a possibility that there was a second guy, too, when she was at a um, Columbia, South Carolina prison. Okay. They were charged with having sex with her. Oh, okay. If I'm not mistaken, didn't I come home one night and you had that, uh, there was a true crime thing you were watching and there yeah. was a guy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one there and yeah, it was like the whole, the guy's like, he was like, you could tell that he regretted it ever since, but it's still kind of that whole, 
Yeah, dude, you're kind of supposed to make sure that they don't shiv and shank each other and they follow the rules and they stay in their little, you know, eight foot by six foot whatever cells or whatever they mm-hmm. call them. And I'm not sure what else, what other words to use on uh, how to describe being a You're just not guard. supposed to have you're sex just not with supposed them. To, yeah. I, like, th- I think that's like, isn't that like rule number one, uh, two or three kind of thing? Like Probably number one. Yeah. And stuff. So... She was eventually moved to um, a different prison in Greenwood, South Carolina. And there she has been accused of doing drugs and whatnot. So, I don't know. I mean, I feel like if you're doing drugs and stuff in prison, you probably... I mean, I don't know that you should get the parole. Right. But... I guess we'll see. She's eligible for parole in November of 2024. So. See how that all goes. Um, But the big question I have in regards to um, uh, the doing drugs thing in prison, Mm -hmm. that it's like, okay, I get it. You're in a confined space where a lot of freedoms and privileges that people in society have, which we enjoy and get to do quite often, Mm-hmm. You know, when there's not a pan, wild pan, or panda bear pandemic uh, running around, whatever mm-hmm. phrase you want to call it. Uh, but anyways, when you're in prison, though, mm-hmm. life sucks. But isn't that kind of the point? Yeah, that's absolutely the point. So my question is, how in the, like, is she in a minimum security prison or something where it's like uh, once in a while drugs are able to slip through the screening or something? Because how in the world did they get whatever drugs they were doing, like, be it as something as harmless as pod, all the way up to, like, hardcore stuff where it's like, oh. Yeah, I don't know. They might even be making, like, oh, well, I guess that's not drugs, but it's, like, drink. But they make, like, prison. Hooch. Hooch, yeah. (laughs) I was trying to think of the word, so thank you. But um, I know it is also alleged that apparently the reason why she started doing drugs is because she's, like, in a facility where there aren't any males. Mm-hmm. And so, because she couldn't get her high from the male attention, such as those two guards that had sex with her, she's now using drugs to get high. Yeah. So, I don't know. But yeah, that's the story of Susan Smith. Uh, I really hope that every day for the rest of her life is the worst day of her life. Because she's a big bag of shit. And I a really truly hope... disgusting example of a uh, human, human being. being. Yeah. I really hope that David Smith, I couldn't find a lot on him. Uh, I think he's probably just kind (laughs) of tried to not be in the spotlight after this happened. I know that he divorced her, which, good. (laughs) Um, On just a note on that, I think what probably happened was that after that, he was probably like, oh my God, there's going to be so many questions and so many news reports and everything coming after me. I am like, he probably was like, can I? legally change my name and move to the other side of the country and blah, blah, blah. Like this is going to be something I will never be able to get away from because she has, uh, my last name through marriage. So how the hell do I get out of this? Mm-hmm. You know, cause uh, I just feel really bad for him. Like, Oh, absolutely. That's what I'm saying is like, I think that's probably why he probably people couldn't yeah. find much on him because he probably changed his name moved across to the other side of the country or to some other country and is trying to make the best of what life he can without this haunting him. Because even though he 
I mean, as far as I know, he didn't do anything really. He wrong. didn't do anything wrong. He just said he didn't want kids, which is like no. Hey, that was Tom who didn't want kids. Or, yeah, Tom. David loved his kids. Yeah, I mean, uh, David, uh, sorry, I was the wrong identity for a second. That's but okay. the whole premise of, hey, I don't want this to become who I'm seen as. I want to be the, the known as the man that I am, not the man who married my wife that killed my kids. Yeah, that's got to be hard. I, I really hope that he's doing okay in life, you know? Yeah, I hope he's been able to, in in some semblance of a way, been able to move on and, you know, go forward in life. Mm-hmm. Cause... And I definitely hope the best for little Michael and Alexander. I hope they're, wherever they are, whatever you believe in. They're resting in peace and yes. joyfully. Yeah. And stuff, so. Absolutely. But yeah, that's the story of Susan Smith. So... Well, okay, so that was... Uh... How to put it, um, dark, but an interesting tale or mm-hmm. story. Well, well, how would you describe it? Uh, a tale, a story, or a true crime story? Yeah, okay, a true. That was a very interesting true crime story where mm-hmm. it's like I don't want to ever make light of true crime. That's why I'm like. Mm, That's why you're making jokes like trademarking things you can't trademark. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm trying to lighten the subject up as absolutely much as possible without disrespecting the victims. Yeah. As far as the culprits and murderers, I couldn't care less if someone thought I am a, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for, a inconsiderate, Ninkum. ruthless POS <laughs> towards them because, uh. They committed the murders. Yeah. I'm just letting you know what I think of them for committing the murders. Exactly. If that makes me an SOB, so be it. Yeah, and if you want more in-depth into, like, her background and the story and stuff, definitely check out True Crime All the Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two Mikes, Mike Ferguson and Mike Gibby, Gibson. Um, they did an episode on Susan Smith a while back, and it was uh, really well done. So. Nice. Yeah. Also, uh, if you've heard any scribbling going on for the past two minutes, uh, Michelle's been doing a very lovely job of, if I'm not mistaken, that's a butterfly there, there's a heart, there's a three-leaf clover with a rose coming out of it by the looks of it. <laughs> really, some very intricate art that was just seems like random scribbling, but in some ways, it's like, I, I can see a heart there that, that, that looks like a butterfly to me there. Uh, that looks like, uh, so at first I thought it was an arrow, but then it turned into a rose, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to, I don't know, I was just like scribbling away my anger at Susan Smith. So, yeah, you know, so draw pretty things. It's better to be creative than destructive, okay? Exactly. All right. Well, thank you everybody so much for joining us. And just remember, no matter what your thing is or what you're into, at the end of the day, we're all just a little nerdy. <laughs>